Well, good morning, people of God. Oh, I don't know about you, but I get goosebumps thinking about this weather. Amen? Physically. I know. Yes. I know. Some of us just came back from tropical beaches um, thousands of miles away. Some of us dream of snow. Okay? All right. But regardless, what a beautiful day the Lord has given us. Amen? Yes. Welcome, everyone, especially those of you who are visiting with us this morning. Uh, A couple quick announcements. We will be having Holy Communion. Hopefully you received yours on your way in. Or for those of you joining us at home, please take some time, grab some bread and wine or grape juice for following our time of confession this morning. A number of of announcements here. So first off, we are going to be kicking up our Monday nights again, 7 o'clock. Here's the deal. We're going to do it for the next couple of months because here's the reality. Now having an online streaming, right, uh, the Monday night, which was initially created so that people could catch worship if they're gone for the weekend, now you can watch online. So uh, we're going to have it and then see how this fall goes, and then who knows where God leads us to next. But it starts again tomorrow night as far as having that service. I wanted to draw attention to our corner over here. We are creating an intentional prayer space. Obviously, we believe you can pray anywhere where you are, whether you're at home or anywhere in the sanctuary or wherever, in your car. But we also know that some days we come to church either really joyful about things that we are grateful for or maybe with heavy hearts for things that are on our minds. And if you find yourself in one of those moments where some extra prayer would be good... We have an intentional space over here. Some kneelers, uh, a beautiful cross, just a, a space where you can you know, reconnect and connect deeper with God. Eventually, our hope is to also have some prayer people. So if you would like to have someone pray with you or pray over you, that is available as well. So it's just kind of another fun addition to our sanctuary. Want to lift up October 8th. We have an oil change ministry that we have partnered with uh, um, the United Methodist Church and then also uh, Unity, yeah, Unity or Trinity in Utica. Thank you. Um, so here's how it works. We've done this the last five years. If you need a free oil change, you can get one there on October 8th in that parking lot at uh, um, Utica Methodist, okay? If you are available that day, We would love to have your help. So even if you've never changed oil before, if it's something you want to try, they have experts there that can teach us, right? Uh, There are people needed to drive cars. So basically, when someone shows up, they register, they go inside, and they have some refreshments. If they have kids, uh, we have people to play games with them or just, you know, build some relationships While all that's happening, someone hops in their car, drives them to the back, gets an oil change, checks the windshield wipers, checks the fluids, whatever we can to help get them set up to get back on the road. So it's an awesome ministry. All of it's free for those people who come. If you're available, like I said, we need drivers. We need people willing to get their hands dirty. We need people who are willing to play with kids or set up, you know, drinks and and donuts, things like that. So there's a sign-up sheet, I believe, in the entryway. There's more information on your way out. Two particular areas I would like to lift up and ask for your help with today. First off, we're looking to get some coffee flowing again. It's about time. Amen? (laughs) So here's the deal. Uh, We need your help. 
So if you are available, say, I don't know, once a month to come a little early and help brew some coffee and set it up, that would be wonderful. Just let me know afterwards. Uh, Also, we are assembling a team of people to help our tech crew. So, you know, we've got all these awesome computers and and equipment back here to help us live stream, to have uh, uh, sound and all that stuff going on. We've been using the same people for, I don't know, what's it been, Larry, two and a half years? (laughs) Since the pandemic started, right? So if you are able to uh, push a button forward, okay, uh, we could use your help. Or if you like technology or want to learn more about cameras, Larry's an awesome guy. Vince is an awesome guy, right? Um, Let us know about that as well. So coffee makers, tech crew. Those are the big things I want to lift up tonight. I might want to add that you don't really have to be um, tech savvy to do this. I mean, it helps to if you know how to turn on a computer, but you don't have to know the equipment. They'll, uh, They'll show you all you need to know. And it's not as difficult. I mean can be, but it's not as difficult as you might think. Well, and the people with all the brains are going to be here. So, you know, if we mess up, they are amazing at fixing things. So, uh, with all that said, let's get after it. Let's pray. God, among us, we gather in the name of your Son to learn love for one another. Keep our feet from evil paths, turn our minds to your wisdom, and our hearts to the grace revealed in your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, and all of God's people say, Amen. Please be seated. Well, sisters, brothers, dear ones, grace to you and peace from God the Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So last week, I challenged you to all consider a new perspective with the things that we feel that we are stuck in the middle of. Asking questions that lead us to focus more on what can we get out of the middle rather than all of our energy into getting out of the middle. Because the reality is, we are always in the middle of something. Amen? As much as we don't like it, it happens And so often we get so wrapped up in, oh my gosh, I have to get done with this. I have to get out of this. I hate being in the middle. Instead of that, what if we flipped that new perspective and said, okay, what can I get out of this middle? What is God teaching me? What can I learn from this experience? Well, this week we're jumping right into, uh, right back into our journey through the book of Luke, where Jesus is once again trying to give us a new perspective on things to see some things in a new way. So, I invite you to follow along on your screen. Today we are reading from the book of Luke, the 16th chapter, starting in the first verse. Then Jesus said to the disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager. Let me back up a second. This parable is called the parable of the dishonest manager. All right. Then Jesus said to the disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager. And charges were brought to him that this man was squandering his property. So he summoned him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Give me an accounting of your management, because you cannot be my manager any longer. And the manager said to himself, What what am I going to do? Now that my master is taking the position away from me, I'm not strong enough to dig, and I'm too ashamed to beg. I've decided what to do so that when I am dismissed as manager, people may welcome me into their homes. 
So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he asked the first, How much do you owe my master? He answered, A hundred jugs of oil, of olive oil. He said to him, Take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it fifty. Then he asked another, And how much do you owe? Well, he replied, A hundred containers of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill and make it eighty. And his master commended this dishonest manager because he acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than they are the children of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth, so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into the eternal homes. Whoever is faithful in in a very little is faithful also in much, and whoever is dishonest in a very little is dishonest also in much. If then you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, who will entrust you to the true riches? And if you've not been faithful with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, so there's a lot here, right? Anytime, especially if it's a longer one or if it's a confusing one, I like to start with asking some questions to maybe help understand what's going on here. So, I hope you brought your thinking caps on today because, well, I want to hear some answers. You can't just cruise through this one, sorry. So, some questions, for instance. Why do you think the dishonest manager was commended or applauded by the master for what he did? What's a thought? What's that? He got partial payment, right? Boy, sometimes it's better to have 60 bucks in my hand than knowing that someone else owes me 100, right? Okay, he was a little more good, <laughs> right? Right, a little good came. So he was helping others, okay? So, you know, relieving some of the debt that others owed, that was a good thing, right? Any other thoughts? Okay, right, maybe clearing out some of everything that is owed so that whoever's next, right, can, can have it a little easier. That's always a good thing. Okay, so that gets to maybe why the master says, well, at least you, you know, did some good, right? Whether it was given some return for what, I, what people owed me or, or doing something good or helping others, right? Or how about this, this idea of dishonest wealth, okay? What is dishonest wealth? I won't ask you that one. I mean, just get us, get us thinking here. Dishonest wealth is wealth maybe that doesn't belong to you or that you got in a, not a legit way, right? Okay, so we're dealing with wealth that doesn't belong to this person. Then there's this whole children of the light thing, which I'm going to be honest with you, I don't even know why Jesus was talking about that, so uh, I don't know why Luke mentions it. I won't even ask you all, right? But then Jesus clears all this long story up the last few verses. Whoever's faithful in just, with just a little bit is likely to be faithful when they're given a lot, right? Whoever isn't won't be. And then Jesus wraps it all up in that very last verse. You can't serve two masters, so which is it going to be? 
God or money? And that's when I kind of sat back and I went, Oh, why didn't you start with that, Jesus? (laughs) Not that it made everything else clear, but it's like, okay. Now I'm starting to understand where you're coming from with all this stuff. Okay. So apparently this reading is about money. Now everyone take a deep breath. (laughs) I understand all too well, historically, the church has not spoken about money very well. And it's sad because I know a lot of pastors and churches hesitate talking about money. It's probably out of concern of offending people, but I think it should offend us more if we're not addressing the issues that we struggle with. Amen? And last I checked, even if you're living high on the hog, even if life is wonderful and you've got more than you know what to do with, money is still a struggle in our lives. I mean, by show of hands out there, how many of you would like to have some counsel or insight into dealing with something you struggle with? We all would, of course, right? So that's what this reading is about. A new perspective dealing with something that we all struggle with. Money, belongings, and stuff. So let's jump in. Before we get too far into the story, let's just... Let's just pretend a little bit. We're going to take, we're going to hop on the trolley to make-believe land, right? Or uh, the land of make-believe. Okay. Let's pretend that the stuff we have isn't actually ours. We're just going to pretend, okay? The clothes you own, the money that you have in your wallet or purse or bank account, the, the home you live, whether it's an apartment or, or a, a home or whatever, your, your car, how you got here, your toys, your computers, your cell phones, all of it. Let's pretend they aren't yours. That they actually belong to someone else and it's all on loan to you and, and, you know, from someone, let's say, I don't know, we'll call that person the master. So you've been put in charge of all this stuff from the master. It's not yours, more like an investment where the hope is that you will make a profit. This master, he's a businessman, he's looking to get something out of this in return, right? So this master shows up and he wants to see how his manager is doing with all of his stuff. And upon finding out that we, I mean, oops, sorry, the manager is squandering everything he's given him, let's just say he's more than disappointed. The master was expecting much more for something that he had paid for, something he worked hard for, something that he was entrusting all of his wealth to someone. And again, pretending that everything we've been given is actually someone else's, right off the bat, it causes us to ask a couple of questions. Questions, I don't know, you just might want to consider this morning. Questions like this. As a manager... Am I being faithful with the wealth and gifts that have been given to me? How am I using them wisely, shrewdly, wastefully? Am I using what I have for my own desires, my own wants, my own agenda, or am I investing what I've been given in what truly matters? Now, in getting back to the story, as Jesus continues with this parable, we find out what truly matters to this master. The manager sits down, calls together all who owe this this master, and he starts negotiating, right? He starts helping them out. He starts building relationships. 
And it's here where we find out what ultimately pleases the master, where true wealth matters. When the master returns, Luke says he commends the dishonest manager because he acted shrewdly. I always thought shrewd was was a negative thing, right? To be shrewd. But actually the definition of shrewd means to be wise, to make wise decisions. In other words, the manager was, was using what wasn't his to help others, to build relationships, and that's what Jesus calls shrewd. And this is the story Jesus tells us today. And here's the kicker. The beauty and the curse of a parable is that we start to realize that this story is actually about us. Sometimes it feels wonderful to be in a parable. Sometimes it's a kick in the butt, right? Because if we're flat out honest with ourselves, everything we truly have is a blessing and a gift from God himself. Now, I get all too well. We do a really good job of trying to convince ourselves. Others try to tell us we have earned what we have. We deserve it. I have worked 45 years. That's mine. But if we take a moment and consider how we got those opportunities to work hard for what we have, right? They were a gift. Ten times out of ten. Sometimes through relationships rather than what we knew. (laughs) So there we are. No matter how hard and how much we think that we have what is ours and it is mine, you can't have it, it's ultimately not ours. It's on loan to us. You can't bring any of it with you when your time here on earth is done. It's going to belong to someone else eventually. It's not yours right now. Everything we have is a gift, a a blessing. And the more I read the Bible, the more I see how God's people are blessed to be a blessing, right? Right? And all the stories that I've read in the Bible actually don't really talk about how much you have not being, or being the problem, but it's more about what you're doing with it, how you use what you have is what Jesus really comes down to. He never once says, oh, if you're wealthy, you're going to hell. No. He says, if you're not using it for true wealth, there's a problem here. You can have stuff. If your stuff isn't having you. Which then these verses start to make more sense, especially at the end where Jesus holds nothing back by asking, so which is it going to be? Are you with me or not? Because if you're with me, then how you use what I've given you matters. That relationships and sharing love have way more value than the number on a green little piece of paper. Wealth, along with with status and power and privilege, none of them last, right? We we see in this reading, one day the manager's on top of the world, the next, he's about to lose it all. Last I checked, that was a pretty sharp lesson we learned in 2008, that everyone's forecasting we're about to learn again. 
Because the reality is when we put our trust in money and in stuff, we find a false master with false promises of happiness and comfort. But it's a master that will fail us and lead us down a lonely path. 100% of the time. So this morning through this story, Jesus is talking to you. Each and every one of you, inviting you into a new perspective and to help us better understand why we are here with what we have, with what we've been given. It's not about accumulating stuff. When we are serving masters of wealth and status and privilege, we actually are separating ourselves from others. We form an us, which automatically forms a them. But when we're focusing on serving God and, and loving others and caring others and making you know, the most important things others, then all of a sudden we're creating a new us, right? With a, a bigger boundary. And that them is getting smaller and smaller. I've heard it said that St. Augustine, okay, a theologian uh, about 1,600 years ago, once said that God gave us people to love and things to use. Okay? People to love, things to use. And then sin gets in the way and starts confusing us where we think we have people to use and things to love. How quickly we forget that. We have people to love and things to use. Today is that reminder to act shrewdly. To use what you have been gifted for relationships, for others, for opportunities of love. So for us to hear this story and to boldly ask ourselves, am I wisely using what God has given me? It's a good question for us to wrestle with. And to help us wrestle with this question, here's what I want you to do, okay? Shake your hands a little bit, get the blood flowing, okay? I'm going to invite you to take your phone out. I know, it's dangerous for a pastor to do this. Do it at home as well. No playing solitaire. I'm watching. All right. On your phone somewhere, there is a reminder app, okay? Or a note-taking app or whatever it is that you write down what you want to remember, okay? For me, this Apple, I actually have an app called Reminders. And here's what I need you to write. I need you to write down one person's name. I want you to spend a little bit of time now just thinking, praying about one relationship that you want to improve and deepen and so deserves your investment of time, energy, and money. Start with just one. Write down one person's name in your reminder app. One person you are going to spend some time on, maybe even some money on, and growing that relationship. And then I'm going to give you a deadline right now, which you can also set. It's pretty awesome. Uh, when you set that reminder, you can then set it to tell you as often as you want it to tell you. So I've got mine set up. I picked my person. I set it for 10 a.m. every day for the next week. Okay? Your deadline is next Sunday, October 2nd. So this week... The invitation is for you to find one person. Think of one person. It could be your spouse. It could be your best friend. It could be someone you don't know as well. Maybe a, a colleague or coworker. Maybe a neighbor. 
Maybe you don't know their name, and so you're just going to put uh, neighbor Bill. Well, whatever, right? Put that person's name in your phone, set that reminder to go off every day at whatever time you need it to, and use your time, energy, and money to growing that relationship. You don't have to be best friends by the end of the week. But my hope is, is that throughout that week, they know that they are loved and someone's thinking about them, right? That's what Jesus said is acting shrewdly, using wisely what you have been given. One week to be intentional every day to use what God has given you to deepen a relationship. This isn't a challenge. Nobody's going to check in on this, right? I'm not going to ask to see your phones next Sunday morning. So you don't, don't have to worry about like, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to show up to worship because Pastor Dave might call on me. No. This is an invitation. An invitation for you to hear God's word and actually apply it to your lives today. And not just let this be going through the motions. Oh, I did a church thing. I'm, I'm good now. No. Let's bring this outside these walls. God's love needs to be outside these walls. This is an invitation for a new perspective. To look at our stuff in a new way, right? And to see it all as a gift. How easy it is to look at our stuff and go, oh, I wish I had a newer whatever, right? I can't tell you how much time I spent on my garage door in the last couple of weeks because the darn sensors would not work. And how often that thought of, oh, I need to get to Menards and go buy a new garage door, this, no. What a blessing to know that I've had a garage door even if I have to pull it down on my own. <laughs> right? It, it changes everything. It changes us from being bitter and sour to all of a sudden grateful and thankful. It changes how we view our lives, how we interact with others. I had a wonderful conversation with uh, a member from my previous church uh, this last Friday. I was at, we were at a funeral together. And while he was telling me, um, he, when he retired from working, he wrote a, le- a thank you letter to his boss. He'd worked there for like, I don't know, 35, 40, 45 years. And he remembers that his boss pulled him aside and said, no one has ever done this before. And it literally changed this man's life. Wally literally spent his time making other people's lives happier. I don't know if he ever got anything done. <laughs> He probably did. He's a wonderful man. But his mission in life was to make life better for others. And I just, I loved that opportunity to reconnect with him and be reminded what this is all about. So let that be our mission this week. Let's make someone else's life amazing. And just see what God has to say about it. About how we use these gifts that God has given us so that others might experience grace and love, maybe even some hope. And may you find that your wealth and your worth are not wrapped up in your things, but instead in your relationships and with those that God has put in your lives. And may you find this week, this journey that we are on, to be filled with many and great blessings. Can I get an amen? Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father.
can't thank you enough for the gift of your word. That we get a chance to, to read all that you came to teach us. All that your people have learned over, over hundreds of years. And you are still teaching us today, Lord. Let us hear these words, this, this invitation of this parable. That we too can act shrewdly. That we can use your wealth. All that you have worked so hard for and gifted us with to make others' lives better. What a journey. What an exciting time to be that message of hope and love for others. Use us today and every day. And as you do so, fill our hearts as well. Meet us in our needs and just watch your kingdom grow. We ask all this in your holy and precious name and all of God's people's sight. Amen. I invite you to stand as you are able. For our time of prayers now, I'm going to invite you to participate in this. So once again, I'll kind of give you a topic, a theme, if you will, for each prayer. And you pray whatever's on your heart regarding each of these themes. And after a certain amount of time, I'll say, Lord, in your mercy, please respond with, hear our prayer. There's no wrong way to pray. And even if you can't think of what to say, God knows what's on your heart. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we reach out to you this morning, knowing then trusting that you hear us. So we begin our prayers praying for humanity. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray pray for creation and this world that you have given us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for the nations of this world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who are oppressed, enslaved, and those who are in greatest need. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those who are in need of healing this morning. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We lift up to you ourselves and whatever's going on in our own lives. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and all those too deep for words through your Son, our Lord. As we now pray the prayer he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us.
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We now take a moment to reflect on our week and confess those times when we have failed to, go, uh, failed to live as God would have us live. So please repeat after me. Heavenly Father, pour out your mercy over us. Our sin is heavy and we long to be free. Rebuild what we have ruined. Mend what we have torn. Wash us in your cleansing flood. Make us alive in your spirit to better follow Jesus as healers of this world you so love. By your grace, forgive us. Through your love, renew us. And in your spirit, lead us so that we may live and serve you in newness of life. Amen. And now hear this, dear children of God. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ has given over his life. He's died for you. And for his sake, God forgives you of all of your sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by God's authority, I therefore declare unto each and every one of you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people say, Amen. Please be seated. I invite you to take out your bread and your wine as we prepare our minds and our very souls to receive the gifts of Jesus Christ. invite you to peel the top cellophane off first. And by the way, if they're hard to get off, push them down first. They separate. Yeah. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks and broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, and it's given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. The body of Christ given for you. Amen. Again, after supper, he took the, uh, took the cup, he gave thanks and gave it all to drink, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, and it's shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me, the blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen you this day and always keep you in God's grace. All of God's people say, Amen. Finally, uh, I want to thank you for uh, prayerfully giving to King of Kings to help support our ministries, the amazing work that God is doing through us. Your generosity makes all of this and so much more happen. We are changing lives. God is using what we have gathered to build relationships to make a difference. So just know that every little bit adds up to something profound together. The offering buckets are on your way out. There's a QR at the end of the service. Just, it's just fun being a part of a community that does so much for so many people. Uh, finally, may you receive this blessing. May the road rise to meet you 
May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, and until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Amen. I invite you to stand one final time. As Amen. Woo! God is good. Use this experience, use this opportunity to go out of these walls and get busy living. Amen? May you go in peace and share that good news. Thanks be to God.